This episode may be triggering to those who have survived sexual assault. Before beginning this episode, we'd like to clarify that Marilyn Manson has denied all allegations made at the time of this recording. It's time for another episode of We Wear Black. I'm Sophie Kay here with Alex and Yasmin. Hello. Hey, besties. So, besties. This is going to be a horrible week. Yep. Yep. Because, yep. you know, we don't get to walk around and and throw out our opinions out there without standing for something. So, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into Marilyn Manson. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the look on all of our faces of like, yikes, yep, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's just, the thing is, is, I think we had to, like, because there's so much information out there, we're not going to do anything, we're not doing a documentary, we're not doing a journalistic piece, we're just going to run through the information that's out there and put our opinions in there. So, um, might as well say now, anything we say, unless we say that it's from a source, the likelihood is it's opinion, not fact. Please don't sue us, anybody. We have a lot of opinions. We're sorry. <laughs> we do have a lot of opinions. <laughs> and we're all very poor, so we can't afford to get sued, so don't do that either. Thank you. Please, you... I've got no money in my bank account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have lots of exposure in there, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exposure <laughs> to fill my tummy. <laughs> it's great. I pay my rent with it every month. Um, yeah. So, uh, were you guys fans... Of, of Marilyn Manson. When um, I was younger, yeah. When I was younger, I did enjoy I did enjoy his music. I was like, oh, he's so cool, rock and roll. And then as you get older and you start reading more things and knowing what's right from wrong, alarm bells start ringing, I guess. But yeah, I was a fan of his music. I was a big fan of him. I had to throw away a shirt as soon as I found out everything that was going on. Threw away the shirt, put it in the bin. was like, goodbye. But yeah, Marilyn Manson, uh, I was sweaty, emotionally unhinged at 13. So Marilyn Manson was, of course, the man for me. (laughs) There's a lot of very, very disappointed streetwear people who have spent like £250 on a vintage Marilyn Manson (gasps) t-shirt. Gutted! You can't wear that anymore, can you? Yikes. (gasps) Should have done your research, dickheads. Imagine people... (laughs) But imagine the people who've got a Marilyn Manson dildo. Oh, oh sorry, you, know you like them. If you buy a Marilyn Manson dildo, that's on you anyway. Like, who does that? That's gross. Um, who buys a banned dildo? It's just weird. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that that was released. Yeah, he's got he's got a Marilyn Manson dildo with his face superimposed into it. What, like as in uh, engraved into it or just like yeah yeah so it's like so, a ridge so right you can, I get you can it. have I get his it. face uh, um, yeah wow. up your fanny disturbing yeah. yeah okay that was a lot of money as well imagine dropping money on that yeah that'd be a lot of money I used to be into Marilyn Manson um, but not enough to have ever read his book or read articles on him I was just into him in the sense that if the beautiful people came on in a club I'd be like yeah the beautiful people the beautiful yeah. people yeah it'd be people. fun um, but Doing this research into Marilyn Manson has taken me to a place that, like, I literally just had to sit with my puppy, and that isn't any euphemisms or anything. Like, I just sit with my little chihuahua puppy and just talk to him for a long time because I was like, this is traumatic as fuck. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. i don't have any words it's just i'm traumatized i uh just from researching this like you said i i was such a huge fan of him but i was in a fan of him in a sense where like he'd music come on and i'd be like woohoo i would wear his shirts but i didn't really look into him as a person and then all this stuff came out and i was like oh i'll just go cry in the corner another band to add to the list of disappointments mm-hmm. to our empty playlists empty yeah um, yeah it's the thing is I, the way i feel with manson i feel like everyone bigged up his more recent albums and mm. I, I found them awkward and i found them embarrassing because yes all right when you're young be controversial and do all of that thing it was kind of cool back in the day but now it's just like bro that's weird you're too old to be doing that shit like grow yeah. up it just felt a bit off if i'm completely honest i remember saying that to someone once in a in a car to download and they, they looked at me like I was a piece of shit because they were like oh you obviously don't know what you're talking about you silly woman um who's laughing now bitch yeah, yeah. I just find it more awkward especially like the way he acts and stuff like I saw something the other day like even when he toured I don't know what five years ago he he looks older and he's still throwing drinks over sound desks and pissing people off and like still like his pants were coming down and he's just like starting fights with people still it's like bruv you was that was like the height of like 1997 for christ's sake like why why are you still doing it now it's just it's just a bit uncomfortable he went from angsty teenager to angry old grandpa that's like get off of my lawn i'm gonna throw beer at you because i don't like you me 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 like please granddad sit down no one wants to hear from you go back to the home yeah (laughs) when you're you're a when you're that rich and that famous you can afford fucking therapy so if you're still like doing weird rebellious shit like that i don't have time for you Take them to church, Sophie. Yeah. Take them to church. Like, you can be poor and have all of that rebellion, but yeah, you don't get to be rich and have that rebellion. Like, I have such a hard time crying in my really expensive Egyptian 700 billion thread <laughs> cotton count sheets. <laughs> Let me dry my tears with $100 bills. Oh, yeah. my life is so hard being Marilyn Manson touring across the globe. Like, shut up. My yeah. maid refused to wipe my ass today. Life is so hard. I just have no sympathy for rich people. I think they need to get fucked. Yeah, <laughs> hard agree. Hard, hard agree. Hard, so hard. <laughs> that's probably a bit, a bit harsh. But anyway, so um, so yes, yeah, so we looked into Marilyn Manson. We looked into. We're just going to talk through, in order, what's happened. Um, I also chatted with. Uh, Merlin, who is the editor of Metal Hammer, had a little bit of a chat, so we'll be playing some bits of that interview. And Tamana Romance, who um, she did a documentary for the BBC on sexual assault in music, which was an absolutely, I want to say hit, but that's probably the wrong word. Like it was so many people watched it. She said it's like one of her most successful documentaries to date, and she's done all sorts from like child abuse to everything so um yes we'll be talking to her a little bit about what she found in her documentary it's called music's dirty secrets women fight back and it doesn't talk about marilyn manson who we're talking about today but it is a good insight into music and how this is an issue across the board i'd recommend watching it it's hard to watch like initially i found the first like even the first few minutes i was like oh shit that's tough but it's real and it does happen. So I just thought it was really well done, like really well done. Okay, so Yasmin, you've done um, 
and thank you for doing it because it can't have been easy looking through it but you've done a majority of work looking through the timeline of of what has been coming out in the press more recently and before. yeah i am uh to be, be totally honest i'm fucking traumatized uh like i think when you see it online you see a snippet or like a mm. brief look at what it is but really deep diving into all of it messes you up like i knew he was a bad guy but fuck me you can burn in hell i'll say that i don't care what a what a uh twisted twisted all the oh man it's horrifying it's just horrifying that's all i'll say that the accusations against him paint him to be a really horrible person and it makes me question why i ever supported him which i know a lot of other people are probably thinking as well i think it's probably because he's not one of those artists that you go in like hard with He's one of those artists where you're like, hey, Marilyn Manson, yeah, he got a boob job, whatever, yeah, he's just a weirdo. Yeah. And and it's just, he's like this, um, I don't know, just this thing that happens in the, he's just a person. He's not like, no oh my God, it. I've got a tattoo, I'm proper mm-hmm. into this, I'm like. Everyone likes Manson. Everyone likes Manson. He, he's that entity in the in the music industry where even if you don't like heavy music, you might like Marilyn Manson. Where should we start, Yasmin? Um, well, we should start with Evan Rachel Wood coming out. So on, um, was it February the 1st? February the 1st, 2021, this year, Evan Rachel Wood posts a statement naming her abuser, Brian Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. Her statement on Instagram alleges that he started grooming her when she was a teenager and horrifically abused her for years. She says, I was brainwashed, manipulated into submission. I'm done living in fear of retaliation, slander or blackmail. I am here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand with many victims who will no longer be silent. That's where we start. So that came out February 1st, 2021. It was posted on her Instagram and it sent the internet into chaos. Okay, so that's what we saw really being reported out there wasn't it yeah um and it is yeah it's it's pretty like when she did that i was impressed by how much the internet backed her yeah and maybe it's because we've all been trained by um cancel culture and me too and all those kind of things but i was impressed because the rock scene on the whole from what i saw showed up but then i have a timeline full of decent people yeah, I definitely saw the negative side of it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, publications who reported on it, Metal Hammer, for example, who wrote an article the following few days later, I think it was Marianne Eloise, wrote an article about the response that Metal Hammer and a bunch of other publications got of people laugh reacting the post and saying they stand with Marilyn Manson because I stand with Marilyn Manson trended for a few days after that. Um, but for the most part, it was good and a lot of people within the industry who can actually make a difference stood by her. I think it's just his diehard fans, which you almost oh. expect from people who love him. They're going to support him no matter what, mm-hmm. even if he murdered Jesus Christ himself. I mean, people still went to see R. Kelly in concert. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they did? What? Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you seen Surviving R. Kelly? Yeah. Oh, oh. But people, people still went to see him after that? Yeah, everyone yeah. knew. Everyone yeah. knew and people turned up to go see him live. So... People. He's not even that good. He's not even that good. He wanted three good songs. You can, you. I oh mean, my. He had some really good songs. I, I'm not supporting <laughs> R. Kelly, and I hate R. Kelly, but fucking hell, he had some really good songs. No, but we've all been there. R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, people Michael who Jackson. aren't on my playlist, and they have yeah. fucking quality songs that I would lose my shit to if I was out um, and about. 
out and about. If I was just out and about. Yeah. If I had a life and it wasn't <laughs> lockdown. I like to pretend that it's lockdown. There's a reason that I'm stuck in. It's nothing to do with lockdown. It's just the fact I don't have friends and I don't like people. Um, wow, hard relate. Yeah. <laughs> I was locking down before it was cool. I was locking yeah. down like five years ago. So, you know, it's just my life. No, but we've all been there. There's so many bands that I think you're a terrible person, but my God, does your music slap. Like, I want to throw it back and throw you down into the pits of hell. We've all been there. We've all yeah. been there. That's like most uh, bands in the scene, right? <sighs> there's so many at this point that, like, I feel bad, but they've all been cancelled, so I don't know what to do. Yeah, like, it's like, I, who... Do I just, you know, make my own band and just try and make music so I know I'm not a complete arsehole? Probably not, no. But I just think, yeah, every, every fucking band, man, every band that makes good music, I've spoken about this before, every band that makes good music... Someone ends up being a total asshole. And it that just... involves men. I've never been disappointed yeah. by women. Never no, been, well, actually. rarely. But, like, even so, women of colour in rock music, never been disappointed. Men! <laughs> However. <laughs> With Manson, this these allegations came out. Evan Rachel Wood spoke openly on Instagram. There was a lot of support on there. Um, but I think it's probably important that we go back in time because that wasn't the first time we'd we'd heard stuff like this right so this all started uh it goes as back as far back as february 2018 i could be i'm pretty sure it's february 2018 Mm -hmm. i could be wrong it could be even further back than that um but that's when people started to report on it uh back in february 2018 loads of news sites started to report on evan rachel wood's testimony because she testified in front of the ca senate about her own experiences of abuse to convince lawmakers to pass the phoenix act it's a legislation that aims to create more rights for survivors and not harsher punishments for perpetrators as according to their website phoenixact.com and not harsher and not harsher punishments for perpetrators no right okay so they wanted to give more support. They felt like there wasn't enough support for victims. It was only the perpetrators who were getting punished, but there was nothing for victims when this happens right. to them. Right. Okay. So people were focusing on the per- people were focusing on the perps. Guy watching much TV, focusing on the perps and not <laughs> thinking perps. about the victims. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so what was up next in our timeline? Uh, yeah. So Evan Rachel Wood then in March, uh, March third of twenty eighteen confirmed that it wasn't her ex-partner mickey rourke uh she said it in a tweet a lot of rumors have been circulating circulating around who i was talking about in my testimony i would like to clear something up and say it wasn't mickey rourke we were never together wow so that's that was pretty much saying it was manson well i spoke to uh tamana roman um and we actually spoke about this subject and it it's it's interesting to see how it mirrored her experiences of the women that she interviewed for her documentary it's quite a scary thing because you can definitely tell like when i was talking to a lot of the women when it came to naming who these people were and a lot of the women obviously did tell me off the record the names of these individuals and they were so terrified of saying who they were because they were worried that somehow this off the record conversation that we were having was going to be you know tapped into by 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 one of the execs or one of the PR people or something um and for me that was just that was kind of heartbreaking to be honest with you I mean even on like the solo four five stuff I mean the number of women that I spoke to to try and find out what he was like and to see if anybody who had worked with him would come on 
the program and tell us about their experiences. And every single one of them was too scared to do so. Mm. And for me, I found that heartbreaking because I thought, how is it that this guy who's been locked away for, it was 24 years when we were initially kind of doing the research and then it ended up obviously being 30 years just a few weeks ago. How on earth is this guy who's been locked away for 30 years still got such a hold on you that you feel terrified about Mm. speaking up about him? Um, And why was he allowed to continue to work in that industry when there are so many people who are afraid of him? So Tamana there was talking about Solo 45 who comes from the grime world. Um, But I felt that what she was saying a lot really resonates with Manson because that's the same fear that Evan Rachel Wood is talking about. And when I was saying it's um, that it's about coming forward, there is no pressure to come forward. Like, I know when I was um, sexually abused when I was younger, I didn't come forward. It's not something that people always have the courage to do. But if you if you do feel like you want to come forward, there shouldn't be that culture of fear you in doing what? it. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. because it... For me, it's how people are going to view you in the industry. Like, it's like for me, it's like, okay, so what then if there's this stigma around me that this happened with this person and then they don't want that stigma around their company? That is how I view it. And it's bad that you view it like that, but it's like you don't want it, just feels like if you come out about something and then you're kind of tarnished. You're not this prim and proper, especially like in the music industry, you're not this prim and proper as a woman. You're not prim and proper and sellable because you might have this stigma attached to you that you was involved with someone that, you know, or have trauma attached to you. That's a bad thing. And it's bad that you think like that. And it's terrifying and horrible. But I feel like that's how the industry is. That's so true. Because there was actually, Damana had me on the documentary and one of the things that didn't air, she asked me a question where she said, um, if you were sexually assaulted by a band, would you come forward about it? If it was a no. big band? And I said, no. And I paused and I actually felt tears coming up. You know, when you start to feel them and you're thinking, oh God, do not cry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I just went, no. Because the truth is that if if somebody in one of the biggest rock or metal bands sexually assaulted me, I don't feel like there would be support. No. Do you know, as well, it's because, um, maybe this is just me, maybe this is just this is my opinion and my experience. When you come out about this stuff, you're treated as if it's drama. Like, oh, yeah. she just wants to start drama. She's just doing this for drama. They're just doing this for drama. It's like, you know, tour managers, PR will see you as that. They'll see you as someone who just wants drama and attention. And they can't see that actually the person I'm working with is an abuser and they're going to hurt other people that I'm working with and create a really unsafe space for the industry. They'd rather protect their own because it puts money in their back pockets than actually help the industry and help everybody else. And they don't want that stigma attached to their company that it's easier if they brush it under the carpet and pay people off or just ignore it all because then their company doesn't get tarnished, which I think is why a lot of the time victims do find it hard to come forward because... There is no support. There is no support there at all because people are so worried about protecting themselves. And I don't know whether it comes down to money or what it comes down to, but it's I always just don't, money. Yeah, there's just no support. There is. I would not feel comfortable coming out about 
anyone or anything in the industry at all. They don't want to hurt their bank accounts. And you see it with cancel culture. The moment one band gets caught out for being problematic, which the other band members knew for years, it's, oh, we are not associated with this person. They're dead to us. Bye. Get them kicked out of the band. But you didn't have a problem with it for all those years that you were working with them. You didn't have a problem with it until they got called out. Until until they got called out and it hurt your bank account, only then did you care. So what have we got next on our timeline and I'll just like to point out that we have done a rough timeline of what has been reported in the press so please don't get in touch with us and be like you missed out this you are terrible people you shall burn in hell um, because we're just running through You're not we're just real. reading through some of, the, some of the articles that we found um, so don't take it personally time is a concept yes it is you're not a real journalist <laughs> yeah yeah had it all um so when I looked through, you know, there'd been a few articles speculating whether it was about Manson, but nothing majorly reported on and uh, as of a hot topic as when uh, Metal Hammer reported, uh, well, they did an interview, Dave Everly with uh, Metal Hammer, sat down with Manson in September to chat about his new album, We Are Chaos. Everly mentions the Evan Rachel Wood accusations and Manson dismisses them as rumours before abruptly hanging up the phone. Now, this would go to print in November where they'd publish some articles online, but this this happened in September on their little press rollout. Um, so that's that's when things start to spring up again. And that was September 2020. So there's a huge gap of people just not talking about it and it just getting swept under the rug and everyone kind of just forgot that that happened. That's impressive. Do you know what? I love Hammer for calling, for talking about this. And I swear to, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say it out now, but um, I, I, when I did this interview with Merle, I was like gassing him right up because to be fair, the Merle has completely changed the way Hammer is run. He has completely changed the outlook of the company and he has taken it from this kind of old boys club to being progressive, to try and make it diverse in the teams, to try and um, stand for issues. And I think that's so awesome. If we had more people like, like Merlin running the rock industry Badass. it wouldn't be in the fucking state it's in now <laughs> yeah. oh, no, it's I feel it's such a mess I feel a bit biased when I talk about Metal Hammer because obviously I work for them but yeah. I uh, I do love Mel I think he's really great as an editor I did chat to Mel and what I wanted to know is why Hammer did what they did mm. because mm-hmm. one of the things that I read um, and it was from Spin who had covered let me see if i can find it here so spin covered the original uh, um, a very controversial interview with um with marilyn manson which i'll talk to you about later but his exact words were i want to kill you like they do in the movies is about my fantasies i have fantasies every day about smashing her skull in with a, sm- a sledgehammer jesus christ oh my god what the fuck and so that's an interview that he did with spin And then Spin did an article later on going, Last spring, in a juicy interview with Spin.com, the shock rocker detailed his failed relationship with the 22-year-old actress. Juicy interview. Why make that? That That's disgusting. How do you call that a juicy interview? There's no fucking juice about it. It's it's disgusting. But why then? But this is the problem with the media because I'm just looking for stories 24-7. You're not actually helping people. Like that for them is obviously a big story. That's that looks oh shocking, whatever. But 
really like do does who prints that i don't know like i just it really winds me up like does no one see that that is an issue or they're just so worried about their sales i guess because that's all these people are like that's all yeah. is. if yeah. you could get something out of him brilliant that's going to sell a magazine do we care about the victim or do we care about our bank accounts you know yeah so i spoke to merle yeah. about because they covered it they didn't do what spin did they didn't do what tmz no. or all these places did they really seemed to deep dive into the issue and to call it out like the fact that they did an article where it got to the point where Manson hung up on them. Yeah. Because they yeah. and out of out of all of the press as well, they probably had the most to lose by pissing off um he's an influential person within rock and metal and so therefore his PR is going to be influential, therefore his label and his team and everybody's going to be influential in that world. So they had the most to lose. So um yeah, I asked Merlin why they ran that feature and what inspired them. But in terms of deciding to just actually report on the story, um, we obviously had a little bit of um, history in this whole situation because we did an interview with Marilyn Manson at the end of last year um, where we asked him about Evan Rachel Wood. Um, in 2020, uh, we found an article on a US website that had linked a previous testimony by Evan Rachel Woods about an unnamed abuser um, to the kind of period where she was dating Marilyn Manson. Um, and Evan Rachel Wood hadn't named anyone at that time. As I said, the abuser was unnamed, but we'd noticed a few people and, and websites had kind of, you know, put some things together and thought there might be uh, some kind of connection there. Um, and so we decided to talk to Manson about that. And we, we asked him how he felt about the allegations and um, he wasn't really forthcoming with any response to that and the call ended up getting disconnected. Uh, and so we decided to run an article on it and, and talk about that whole situation. And um, again, not explicitly accuse anyone ourselves or anything like that, but we felt it important to kind of acknowledge that there was this thing out there um, that was relevant to Marilyn Manson's world. Uh, because if nothing else, you know, an, ex, an ex-girlfriend of his w- had testified um, talking about a, a, an abuser. So, you know, we felt it was relevant to him on that level, at least. And we thought it was important to make sure that we didn't just do uh, another kind of standard Marilyn Manson feature where we just talked about the album and blah, 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 blah. So we ran this feature. Um, I think we did the interview in September. It took a little while to get it through kind of legal stuff and everything else to, to make sure we could get it in the best shape we could. We ran it in November. Um, and at that point in time, we were in a bit of a strange, I guess, like not almost like a holding pattern, I suppose, because we had the feature out there. We'd asked Manson for his thoughts on Evan Rachel Wood's uh, um, testimony, and we hadn't. Um, he hadn't been named at that point. No one had mentioned him officially um, in any capacity, um, so we weren't really sure what might happen next in that whole situation. Uh, then, obviously, Evan Rachel Wood came forward um, and named him on February first on Instagram. And then a number of other women came forward and, and started naming him in, in allegations as well. And so we knew because we'd already done some work on this whole story and we'd kind of talked to Manson directly about um, the situation between he and Evan Rachel Wood that um, we felt it was, you know, not just the right, but the obvious thing to do to to report on this stuff and make sure that people are aware that these allegations so, yeah, are coming so they, out. They just went... Um... 
straightforward into reporting it. It really got me though, the silence. I felt like one of the things Mel did help me with though is he kind of helped me see that the legal stuff that comes up with this. Because I just assumed, you know, yeah. papers tap your phones, they, they don't give a fuck, you know. Um, but Mel kind of helped me see how difficult it is for magazines and outlets to report on this because of how it might affect them legally. Yeah, so because he wasn't named in the original testimony, it's up to speculation, but if Metal Hammer were to come out and be like, well, he did it with no solid proof, and especially because she didn't come out with it to begin with, it's not their story to report on. You should never report on something before the actual victims come out, because then mm. it's it's reporting on something that the victim might not emotionally yeah. or physically be ready to come out on. So I think, you know, whilst the media do have a responsibility to report on this stuff, let the victim come out first. Don't pull the TMZ and report on somebody's death before it's actually happened. Do you know what, though, is... You're right, they held them to account. Um, the fact they even asked those questions, I'd take my hat off to them. Um... But what I don't understand is I'd never read the book. Had you guys? No. No. Never read the book. No. No. Um, one of the things, like chatting to Merlin, he said that, you know, he read the book when he was younger, but he was like 14. So it's like, oh, this is what rock stars must do. Mm-hmm. But there are adults who read that book. Like I was reading reviews on online and it was absolutely unbelievable. Some of the reviews going, oh, the juicy gossip and all Like it was just awful. But... His book, uh, Marilyn Manson's book, The Long Hard Road Out of Hell, was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. And to me, what it shows is um, a self-obsession that's so deep. I wouldn't be surprised if he was diagnosed as narcissistic. You know, it's... um, lines like I walked away exhilarated by my success because there's nothing like making a difference in someone's life even if that difference is a lifetime of nightmares and a fortune in therapy bills Um, fuck off sorry just fuck off disgusting here's another one for you anyone I may have used should feel happy that they have even had a use it's better than being useless This is like a Jesus complex, what, like, isn't it? That is a that fucking mean? Jesus complex. It's but- disgusting. Like, and the the thing that got me as well is that his book was co-written by Neil Strauss. Now, do you know who Neil Strauss is? No. I only found like I knew who no. Neil Strauss was, um, but I didn't know he'd co-written this book. Have you ever heard of the game? What the the fucking you mean awful the dating the- advice, where it's yeah. like you have to basically you have to just be mean. To women is a lot of it, and you so you go up to people and you you'd go, um, oh no, I, things like my my nan has a cardigan like that, but it looks better on you, like that kind of thing. So you you kind of make a a, a woman feel shit about down. herself, yeah. but then also pay them a little compliment so that you become. So he wrote this book called The Game, which is like very big amongst incels, and um. But then he had to go to sex addiction therapy and write about that, but not as many people bought that book. So Neil Strauss, at this point in his life, when he's writing this book with Marilyn Manson, is probably one of the worst people to be doing it. What? what who the fuck checks What it? is like, wrong with I this man? I just don't understand how this gets printed, how this is okay. How? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. It's just very uncomfortable. I just don't... With the book and what he writes about, I don't understand. Like, he must be so invested in himself 
that he's like, you know what, I'm going to say that, you know, people would fucking die for me and people would do this for me and whatever else he fucking wrote in that book. How is... You must think you're so fantastic and so such a privilege to, like, be around that you think that's okay. And I just don't... What makes you act like... What makes you act like that? What makes you think that is okay? Like, does he, like... Doesn't he have... What happens, like, is there any, like, family trauma there? Is there anything going back? Was he loved as a child? Does he still talk to his mother? Does he talk to his mother like that? Like, there's so many questions. But even... Even so, I fucking... I have so much family trauma pent up. You don't see me fucking going out and abusing people. I really don't like when people use that as an excuse. Not that you were saying that, but people will excuse his behaviour as, well, he went through stuff as a child. Cool. So did the rest of us. Man has a shitload of money from all of his albums. Go get some fucking therapy. Like, we get it. You fucking removed your ribs to suck your own dick, but don't... Did he actually do that? (laughs) No, no, he didn't. That's um, alleged he done that. Yeah, I watched something on it Same with Prince, wasn't it? Mm, I think so, but yeah, he yeah, um, but it allegedly me. done it's, that. It's it's the way that because um, it's like with childhood trauma, it tends to come out in in one of two ways. So it either comes um, out one way as like a codependence, fear of authority figures. It can come out that kind of way, or it can create narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, and get help. Get help. Just get some help. <laughs> I think he wants help. I don't think he you know wants what? the help. When, I don't the, think he with, wants it. I'm not saying he's a narcissist because I can't diagnose him. Mm-hmm. I'm not a clinician. But when it comes to NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, it's virtually impossible to help those people um, because they're so... They're bordering on sociopathic. Like, they're so far gone. And the fact is that they can't even question themselves to be able to get better. So it's very, very rare. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that he is um, NPD, but <laughs> I'm not saying he isn't. That is that, yeah. That is that. Um, so yeah, so what have we got? Oh God, right, next on the trauma list. <laughs> um, this is heavy shit, man. This is heavy, heavy shit, isn't it? Shit. Yeah, so that interview was made live on November 24th and then we fast forward to February 1st. That's when Evan Rachel Wood comes out. Some other people came out as well. There was uh, Sarah Sarah McNeely, Sarah McNeely, Gabriella, Ashley Lindsay Morgan, who all came forward. They were ex-partners of Manson and they also had relations with him and alleged abuse of either physical, emotional or sexual abuse and violence in some way or another. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you know what... Do you know what's really interesting as well is um, somebody once told me, um, and I'm not saying he did this because this is pure hearsay and I don't know if it's the truth, but somebody once told me that on tour, Manson used to make women pee in a litter box um, as as a kind of a power move, some kind of weird power move and the interesting thing is is online i found some random blog with a a tour manager saying the the weird things that manson used to request on tour and one of the things on there is kitty litter so i don't know if it's a rumor but if it's true like what the hell what the fuck did this guy used to do because when you think of evan rachel rachel evan rachel wood she was 19 when she was in the relationship, but she said that he groomed her from being quite young. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, she was underage, uh, so she'd probably be like 16, 17, which is scary when you think about it, because I don't have the mental capacity now. I don't think I would even be able to understand what was going on when I was 16 or 17. I think mm. I just feel like that's my idol. I love him. I want to hang out with him. And that's the slippery slope. That's and what he really used. Yeah. gives you the an insight to the power that he had. In, he was in his 30s. And do you know what? Um, I know some people get together and there's a massive age gap. But if you're in your teens, if you're in your 20s, and somebody that much older is coming out, because you you don't really develop fully until your late 20s, early 30s. Anybody, I've not developed at all, so... Exactly, anyone will tell you that. Like, it's not till your late 20s, early 30s, where something just kind of snaps, and you become like an adult, really. And... So for me, when I see men who are dating girls that young, I was going to say women, but girls that young, girls, yeah. it just weirds me out. Like a lot of a lot of blokes, when you say to them, can you imagine if, when they're in their 30s, can you imagine dating someone who's 19? Most of them go, <laughs> yeah. gross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely gross. Um, well, I think now that I'm 21, almost 22, I think about dating people who were like, what 17 18 and i'm like ew kids are annoying yeah, what the yeah, fuck they're like yeah. teenagers i'm i'd pass like if I, I at the age of 22 if i find teenagers annoying if you're listening to this and you're a teen i love you but if i find them annoying a 30 year old wanting to date them is a bit fucking weird it's, but it's weird. the vulnerability isn't it that they look for like people that tend to do this i've watched a documentary about like grooming and all this stuff it was really disturbing but like saturday but a light watching yeah when watching. i have a break yeah have i love it when i um yeah give myself a little break for the hour i love to watch a grooming docu but um yeah they were basically Cynical saying saturdays <laughs> peace out um yeah they were saying it's the vulnerability they look for so because they're young and it tends to be say teenagers that have trauma like parents that don't love them or they run away from home or they're in care or just something like that where they're extremely vulnerable and looking for someone to like cling on to and it again is the power thing and then they think oh this adult this my idol this a really famous person they're finding me valuable and they think i'm worth something and that's what they cling on to and that's how it starts um which is really disturbing that you would go out of your way and look for someone and pretends to I, I, I just it's really really disturbing i'm just gonna say this if you're 30 and you're dating someone who's 15 all that tells me is people your own age don't want to date you people with sense who know what the fuck like know who yeah. you are know what you mm-hmm. like people your own age who don't want to date you that is the biggest red flag for me preach it baby preach it yeah mm-hmm. do you know what that's how i felt um, this is a weird sidetrack but i'm gonna take it mm-hmm. that's how i felt dating on tinder I swear to God, I was like, look, what is with these this weak is... ass men? What is with these weak ass men who can't bring it? And when you say I am strong, I'm independent, I've got my shit together, I'm doing my thing. Why do you hear over a text message, you hear their testicles being sucked like into up. somewhere like, yeah, like a raisin like all yeah. of them they're just like <laughs> i'm so scared and do you know yeah. what that to me i'm just like a, a, a real man can can bring it to a woman his own age and someone who's independent yeah it shouldn't be scary people that her 
trying to get their shit together or have their shit together. That shouldn't be threatening. It's it's very bizarre. It's all very bizarre. That's to a be big honest, red flag for me. Mm. Yeah, and I don't I don't get BDSM. Like I don't understand it, and I know it's a thing. I know it's a thing people are into. Oh, (laughs) listen, listen, I will say this. There is a line between BDSM and being a fucking weirdo. Like everyone likes a little slap on the bum bum. No one wants to get beaten the living shit out of. Consent is the biggest thing. Like if you want to do BDSM, you have a a safe word and you want that to happen to you. But listen, I'm into some freaky shit. I draw the line at abuse. If a man tries to touch me the wrong way, I will cut his throat open and suck the blood out. Don't touch me. Um. There's, yeah, I suppose there's a difference between mentally abusing someone and giving someone a spank on the ass when you're having sex with them consensually. But I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand. Just whatever. But you it's can just tell gross. Consent. It's fucked. It's you fucked. can tell consent. Like, if, if, if a guy's like, oh, baby, I want to, I want to. I don't know, shit on you or whatever. Shit on your chest and rub it in your face. I don't know what BDSM is. That's called, do. Um, there's, a, there's a name for that. Is, oh, is there a name for that? No it's, no, it's not a Chewbacca. No, it's not a Chewbacca. That's when you <laughs> sort of come and make them gurgle. Now it's just really <laughs> gone off topic. Because <laughs> no, then you sound like a Chewbacca because you go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's actually making me. <sighs> stop it, it's making my eyes water. I think I'm going to throw up. Anyway, we've really gone off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> right, no one, no one can see this right now, but Sophie's eyes are fully watering. She's just it, it proper made me gag. That proper made me gag. I the true backup is when you shit on the chest. No, there's something you shit on the chest and rub it All into right, the chest. We don't need hair. a name for it. it but there's a name for it. Yeah. Anyway, if uh, if if the other partner is like, oh my god, yes, I want to do that. I've always wanted to do that. That's consent. Mm-hmm. If she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, I don't know how I, uh, 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 and you're like, go on, come on, no, I'm not sure how that You'll is like not it consent. When, uh, no. If, if she's mm-hmm. unsure and saying, I don't know, that's still not consent. Mm-hmm. If it takes a hundred no's and one yes, that's not consent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, or if she says stop and you keep going, that's not consent. And there was there were so many people as well who blamed some of these women because while you're into BDSM, shouldn't you expect that with Marilyn Manson? Yes, but there's a difference between consenting to getting slapped on the ass and getting fucking raped. Like there's a big Mm -hmm. difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a difference between saying I don't know what BDSM people are into, but um, there's a difference between saying you can tie me up right now and do me from behind or whatever to no, I don't want to do this, but you forced me to be tied up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a massive difference. Like, I guess the difference between BDSM and rape is just like you say, it's just consent. And I'm just saying really obvious, but mm-hmm. anyway, so what's the, what's next on our timeline? We've got to get through this because this is fucking <laughs> grim. So we this go. This is depressing as fuck. Just, I'm sorry. I'm just, so fucking emotionally kind right now. This, <laughs> this is so hard. I just dating again. I just want to talk about Tinder and, you know, like, just, like, having sex with a tampon in again. I just can't do this Wait, anymore. Alex, talk about you peas. talking about, about pee omelettes? Talk, talk about pee omelettes, please, because oh, I'm emotionally wow. unhinged. I've never thought I'd say that ever. We've broken <gasps> Alex. Give me, throw me a bag of bird's eye right on the head at this point. <laughs> knock me out with a bird's eye. Someone said they can't afford bird's eye, so they're going to buy Tesco's own to knock you out. Yeah, they're gonna knock me out with Tesco premium peas, and I commented on it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna pelt something at me, I only want premium brands, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad that luxury life. Um, 
Right, so, so what's next? Anyway. We go into hyperspeed after February 1st because everything happens. Once Evan Rachel Wood puts out her statement, it's chaos. So uh, Manson on February 2nd posted, uh, posted a statement on his Instagram that the abuse allegations are a horrible distortion of reality. As reported by Sky News, the full statement reads, obviously my art and my life uh, have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. He says, my intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners, regardless of how and why. Others are now choosing to misinterpret that. Uh, no, to misrepresent the past, and that is the truth. What I want you to do, I want you to remember that line in your mind right now. And the line is, my intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners. Keep that in your mind whilst I read you something a little bit later on. Go on, Okay. Alex. Do you think that he genuinely believes what he's doing is consensual. This is just like a swerve take. Do you genuinely think he's so narcissistic and so fucked up in the head that he may believe that what he is doing is okay? Mm. Or he's convinced himself. I think he probably knew it was wrong initially, but I feel he may have got so deep into that shit pit, is what I'm going to call it, that he has actually convinced himself and is now so psychotic in his own mind that he has managed to convince himself that what he's doing is consensual and okay. Because if you knew what you were, surely if you knew what you were doing, like what he, he has done allegedly or not allegedly, wherever, wherever we are with it, is so bad, surely any human being can't think that is okay. Like you must have to really convince yourself or be on some kind of scale. Have you seen Kanye West? Have you seen Tom Cruise jumping yeah. on that sofa? Like, Fucking I hell. honestly feel that when you are that size of famous and you constantly have people saying, I love you, yeah. I want to do this for you, I want to do that. If you're already a little bit unhinged, that yeah. takes people to the next level. It's just not, yeah, it's just like you're not. I think they, these people just think they aren't human anymore. They have, They are so superior in society and in the whole world. It's the Jesus complex thing. To me, I think, and I'm sure we're going to touch on this, it's the industry as well. It's, you know, the God yeah. complex of an yeah. artist and the industry and how it breeds this culture go hand in hand yeah. in pure, just horrific chaos because it's the yes men around him saying, yeah, that's totally fine. It's the people who were around in the industry in the 80s who let this stuff slide back then, who are still here yeah. now. No yeah. one's taken them down a peg. Nobody's called them out because they're mm-hmm. not in the public eye, so nobody knows who they are. These are the same guys who were letting 14-year-olds on tour buses back in the 80s, and they're still running the tours. They're still doing X, Y, and Z. They still... they they're, yeah. This is like second nature to them. They see a 14-year-old get on a tour bus, they see them sleeping with kids, and it's just like, oh... Backstage another, at gigs, yeah. Just oh, another Tuesday, out. so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we have these conversations, something I want to really stress, and I'm sure we'll stress it again, is it's not just the people in the spotlight. It's people behind the stages who allow these people, who who enable these artists to abuse their power. So many people see it as well. People that aren't as mentally unhinged as well. Like, why? Again, it comes down to money. It's their job. I suppose if they say anything, then their job's fucked. And it's like, well, oh, I don't, it's, it's just, it's such a can of shit that's just I I don't know there's so many people but I think you're so you're so right Yasmin it's not just the artists it is everyone involved and there needs to be someone that takes over the power from these people that have run it for so long to start making the changes but until that happens are we going to keep going through the same cycle of shit probably to be honest and it's really fucking sad 
Well, one of the things that came up in the interviews, I'm going to play you a bit from Tamana and a bit from Merle as well, from Hammer. Um, Just as a reminder, Tamana made the BBC documentary um, that we've been talking about, which is um, Music's Dirty Secrets, Women Fight Back. And Merlin is the editor of Metal Hammer. Um, Now, I found... I didn't ask this. I didn't ask a leading question, mm-hmm. but they both made the same point, and I'll play that for you now. Music is an area that needs some serious investigation, and you know it hasn't had its Me Too mo- uh, moment. And sort of question: Well, why is that? What would you say was the biggest shock for you in the journey of discovering the world of music? Were there any moments where you're like, "Gosh, this can't believe this"? I mean, every single story, pretty much, that I heard from the scores of women that I spoke to and that the team spoke to was absolutely shocking. And what ended up being shocking to me was the fact that they would often go to people within the industry, their colleagues, they'd go to people in HR, they'd go to, you know, um, people higher up and say, look, this has happened to me. Um, Or they had heard of other people saying that about their own experiences and nothing happening, there being a a blind eye being turned to their experiences. Um, Or alternatively, their careers being completely damaged because of it. So where they have gone to somebody and complained about the situation, there's been no response whatsoever, or even worse, there's been a a definite sort of, right, we need to contain the situation. The way we contain the situation is not by protecting the woman and making sure that it never happens again, but actually it's more about what can we do to contain this issue so that the person, you know, the, the artist or the producer or the exec or whoever it is, is the one who comes out of this smelling of, you know, as clean as they possibly can. That was telling. Yeah. And that's, (sighs) she spoke to people from all industries, across the board in music. This is a trend across the board. It's, yeah, it is. They, I think people are more worried about the business's reputation, their reputation, the artist's reputation, than someone that comes forward. If, say... I don't know, even if some normal, say a normal person not in the industry comes forward, they won't preach. They won't be preach, taken seriously. Honestly, preach so at hard. At all, because so... it's going to damage the artist, it's going to damage the brand. But then again, even when you're inside the industry, it's still damaging to someone's job, someone's preach. income. And people are so much more concerned about that than listening to the survivor. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, I didn't mention the words me too to either Tamana or to Merle and yet Merlin said this we do live in a post me too world now and that has changed everything for everybody um I think uh me too a lot of me too anyway we seem to be centered around Hollywood and I think a lot of people have wondered it's probably not if it's when music would have its own reckoning I know there are some examples of that out there already but it feels like Music hasn't quite kind of had the same level of reckoning as Hollywood did during that time. Also, I think we all just need to ask honest questions of ourselves. I'll be giving, you know, I appreciate your words very much about me becoming editor of Metal Hammer, but it would be disingenuous of me to sit here and say, like, I haven't been a part of editorial teams in years gone by that could have maybe represented women in a better way. Or, um, you know, I read Marilyn Manson's book as a teenager and uh, I had no, I think I was about 14 or 13 or something when I first read that book. And at the time, I, I had no, I had no real 
context for the things he was talking about so i read that and just kind of thought wow this is just what it's like when you're in a band now oh, that's crazy what this is like this is how crazy this is rock and roll and i think i think a lot of people who have grown up in the metal scene and become a part of it in the last 20 or 30 years if they're being honest with themselves can can all ask themselves hard questions about attitudes towards the depiction of women attitudes towards this kind of hedonistic side of rock and roll that we've all celebrated and um, there's countless bands we could name that have kind of been celebrated in those kind of terms mm. um so i think it's a combination of people you know growing up a bit changing their attitudes a bit being unafraid to challenge their own previous behaviors or preconceptions and and you know bettering the way they can contribute to the scene in a more healthy way um and just the the fact that like i said we do live in a post me too world now and people are starting to understand how deep the treatments and abuse of women does run and um i just think it's in terms of reporting on these these Marilyn manson allegations i mean they are so overwhelming um and some of the stories we've been reading are so harrowing um yeah. it's just not some it's too it's too big to ignore it's not something you can just sidestep yeah that's the point mm-hmm. it's like it's too big now we can't yeah. sidestep this but i don't understand what i don't understand is this is a complete tangent right um, so Machine Gun Kelly has done this whole thing about how rock isn't edgy enough anymore. Yeah. Um, and to me, dancing on a... I like Machine Gun Kelly, or I liked Machine Gun Kelly. To me, dancing on a boardroom table isn't edgy. No. And so what's he talking about? Is he talking about Motley Crue? Because he was in the dirt. He, he, was, he was in the dirt. And yet Motley Crue were quite open in the stories that they were telling about... Um, essentially rape yeah and that was like their lifestyle kind of thing and that was glamorized it's glamorized and so when people say that rock <laughs> isn't edgy enough anymore what the fuck is edgy anymore because well, yeah. like like mm-hmm. i know that rock has done that time and yes hip-hop's going through it now but um a lot of the sexual stuff you hear is is from women mm-hmm um rock hasn't even gone as far as to have as many women yet um but it's it's like we just accepted it as part of what rock is but then it goes down to you can't force people to be good people because like slipknot clown brought a dead bird in a jar and they all sniffed it and threw up and stuff but they're not they're not talking about raping women they just sniffed a dead bird it's gross yeah but, but it's not rape. But uh, I don't. I feel like there was such a you ha- you can't, like you have to be disgusting. You have to be outrageous. That's what rock and metal is. If you're you know respecting people, that's not very rock and metal of you. Well, hey buddy, it's like more rock and metal to not be a fucking asshole, you know, than to be a giant prick right now. And I just don't get why that it was glamorized in that way and why it was made okay for so long. But thing is, what what do people think rock and metal is now? What is a rock and metal lifestyle? Like you can still I I personally think rock and metal is standing up for what the fuck you believe in, telling people mm. when you think something's wrong, doing whatever the fuck you want and not hurting anyone in the process and telling people with norm normal people with fucking weird shitty Tory opinions that to go and fuck themselves basically that's what I think it is now and doing whatever the fuck you want but 
I don't get why that isn't enough. Why do you have to then snort fucking bones like Marilyn Manson did and make his eyes turn red and say it was the best thing he's ever... Like, it's just weird. Why is that so... Why do people want to do that? Why is that cool? That's not cool. That's fucking stupid. So back then it was. Because back then you had Satanic Panic, which was Mm. leading the world at the time. Because I think where people got lost is there'd been this whole say no to drugs. There was this whole like Christian mums. And it it was still religious groups leading a lot of stuff. And... Teenagers had done their rebellion in the 80s with fashion. They'd done their rebellion with sex and um, drugs when the pill came in in the 70s. But going into the 90s, the rebellion was like, how evil can I be? How satanic can I be? Um, And I guess that was kind of there in the 80s. That was there in the 80s and the 70s rock and roll lifestyle as well. But in Marilyn Manson's era, it it was this weird line of am i a a murderer like could this could this rock star be a serial killer like it was that kind of fear that they had to um to bring up which i'm gonna tell you now slipknot did but they didn't they did it without being arseholes corn did it yeah machine head did it like all of these bands were able to bring that satanic and that fear and all of that without being a fucking idiot. Corn mm. scared the life out of me on Freak on a Leash when I first heard it, <laughs> but they haven't, as far as I'm aware, hurt anybody. So it can be done. And I think what's interesting now is rock and metal, especially with everything that happened last year with Black Lives Matter and you know the push for more inclusivity of women, non-binary people, trans people, people of colour in this industry, rock and metal has turned into this force that used to be of like, you know, for everybody, by everybody. And so many of these old dogs don't like that. They want it to go back to the 80s and the 90s. I'll say that's real rock and metal. Real rock and metal back then was snorting cocaine, disrespecting women and being a fucking racist homophobe. I don't miss it and no, nobody does. Nobody does. No. <laughs> so what we got next? We're nearly, we're getting on with this episode. I know you're probably hurting listening to this right now. We're getting on. We're going to get through this. We have to educate ourselves yeah. on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. we have to educate ourselves we have to know about what's going so, on because if we don't if we ignore it we don't learn and grow amen amen mm-hmm. tell them preach tell tell them. Them. um beep, 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 beep. uh so Madsen got pill dropped pill by his we can't do pew pills in this <laughs> this is not a pew pew episode okay this is boom this is... mic drop no no, no i don't think we can have sound no. effects in this okay <laughs> No, we can't do anything. No, we can't even nothing. Nothing in this. Episode. So, uh, this is still Feb. This is still February second, mind you. There's still so much happened in the week. In the week that Ever Rachel Wood came forward. So February second, uh, Manson is dropped by his record label over abuse allegations, as reported by BBC News. Rose McGowan says she's proud of victims for coming forward, as reported by the Independent. She said on Twitter, "I stand with Ever Rachel Wood and other brave women who've come forward. It takes years to recover from abuse, and I send them my strength on their journey to recovery." And then we're not. The day hasn't even been done. Uh, U.S. Senate. Suzanne Rubio calls for FBI Department of Justice to investigate Marilyn Manson as reported by Billboard. Well, the FBI love Manson anyway because they tapped his phones during Columbine. Oh, well, really? Mm, Apparently, according to Manson. (gasps) Interesting. 
But I'm glad that they took action. I'm glad that they did that. We end February 2nd, because it's not over yet, with uh, hashtag I stand with Marilyn Manson that starts to trend. And it's people oh coming forward God. saying, Fuck well, off. I liked Marilyn Manson and Marilyn Manson was nice to me. So obviously everybody else's experiences are totally invalid man because well. he was nice to <sighs> me. Fucking right. Fucking right wing people ruin everything. everything. <laughs> they ruin everything. Um, as I stand with is not something you're supposed to use in regards... Oh my god, that makes me feel physically sick. Ugh, people yeah, did that, but it's grim. Do you know what? Fair play, um, fair play to Hammer again. I know we keep bigging them up, but they actually did an article um, calling out their fan fans, which is the first time um, I'd ever seen anyone do that. So I asked Merle about that, mm. and I'll play a clip from that now because I was shocked. I've never. Have you guys seen anyone ever call out their own fans for having problematic views? No, it's what we were saying about the business no. thing. But this is really good. This is why they're so fucking great because yeah. they do shit like this. Yeah, I have to, I have to give credit to um, Bryony, who is the editor in chief of Louder, which is our kind of sister website. Um, and uh, and Bryony um, kind of commissioned that, and I think she came up with the kind of idea for it. And and I'm really glad she did. And of course, Marianne, who actually wrote the piece, which is a brilliant piece, because you know, I, I, as I said, everyone's got a part to play, and part of the reason that you know, powerful men are able to to get away with things in various industries and everything else is because the fundamental attitudes towards women and towards survivors and towards abuse are deeply problematic. And we see that, unfortunately, in a lot of the responses um, that we've seen to the to the Marilyn Manson allegations. Uh, and I know that it's it's tempting to say this is just a metal problem. It, it is undoubtedly a deeply problematic issue within metal because as I said, metal is overwhelmingly dominated by men and that creates its own problems. Um, but, you know, I've seen those kind of comments on the guardian. I've seen them on enemy. I've seen them in, yeah. in all sorts of websites. So this is a real societal problem that we've got. And, um, you know, calling people to account and, and uh, being unafraid to confront those issues is important. But in my opinion, so is the kind of fundamental change in our attitudes as people. Um, we need to educate men better. We need to uh, find spaces that allow um, men to understand empathy better and just not think it's okay to react to issues like this in the way they do. Because unfortunately, the internet makes everyone feel like a big man behind their keyboards and they think it's fine to... You know, people don't realise how hurtful it can be for a woman who has, who has survived abuse to, to see a story like this Manson thing and just see a couple of laugh reacts um, yeah. The person that's posted something like that probably doesn't think twice about it, but even little things like that can be can be very hurtful to people who have gone through this stuff. And we need to find a way to better educate men so they can understand why it's not okay to to behave like that online. I love Mel. Brilliant. I love Mel. <laughs> I do love Mel. Do you know mm -hmm. he raised a really important point that I didn't even think of? Probably because you know I am someone who would be a victim of this kind of thing more likely anyway um there isn't any spaces for men to actually confront this and learn empathy like there's support for victims and survivors and this might seem like i'm playing devil's advocate and trying to sympathize with abusers but there's no space right now that confronts men and says hey why do you think this and let's make sure you don't think this yeah because that falls on parents doesn't it it falls on but that what he's saying and i really appreciate him saying this is it falls on society as well to like 
to call out your mates. Like I know yeah. I've grown as a person. I know I have made jokes or said things when I was younger and more naive that I probably <laughs> would be ashamed of now. Yeah. But it was my friends around me who called me out and went, oh, this is offensive. And I'd be, okay, I'll take credit as well because I would always go, why? I don't understand. what. Yeah. And I, I would want to know how to grow. Mm. But I think we all have to take accountability for for calling out and changing the world. But yeah. I think there's that's just, just no, a dream view, though. There's no education on this as you get older. It's like you are so stuck in your ways of how you were brought up when you were younger. If you don't have friends that call you out, where where is that network of people or where like who educates you? Like you're just stuck in... I just I don't I don't know but that's where it should be celebrities and that's Mm -hmm. where these management companies and things should should we shouldn't have to cancel people they should cut people out who have problematic views but unfortunately not everyone in this world is liberal yeah I you know I know it's a bit of a tangent but you mentioned you guys have mentioned cancelling and I think that's kind of the problem with cancel culture is we expect people because right now it's it used to be this social movement about, you know, educating people and accountability and becoming aware of your own issues. But cancel culture got hijacked by woke, uh, wannabe, like, uh, I don't know, people who strive for moral goodness so much to boost their own ego. It's just become a pissing contest. Cancel culture has become a pissing contest. And now it's become this, this thing where people expect you to be morally good the moment you're born. What do you mean you were raised in a right wing house? Or what do you mean you were raised by racist, homophobic parents? Like, it's just not realistic anymore and it puts too much duty on other people to educate each other we need spaces to educate people we need in our education to add this is such a tangent i could sit here all day and talk about this but we do need better reforms in education and better spaces online to reform people on this stuff because it shouldn't be you our duty to police people and say well you're a bad person you're a bad person and you're a bad person because i'm also a fucking awful person it's 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 this moral dilemma at the moment i guess and I think as well with cancel culture, I think it puts too much pressure on survivors. Like when I was sexually assaulted, I don't want to put that all over Twitter. I didn't even I didn't even tell most of my friends or my family or the police or anything. And so the only way for me to deal with it is to put it on Twitter. Like, good Lord. And so you want me to tell all these strangers online and have it go viral? That's, that's horrible to do that to people who don't want to do that. And to make that the only option, the only way out is awful. And that's why I'm like, yes, big up Rose McGowan. I really liked her in Charmed. I wasn't a well, massive she was fan of Charmed. I've never really given it a chance. Sorry. Do you know what? If We're not going to argue like the Beatles again because I, know, I will. I'm not doing that. She was I'm in Charmed. Again. I can't do it on two. She was in Charmed. She replaced... Um, Shannon Doherty. I was too young for Charmed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, rub that salt in. Yeah. So what's next on the... Uh... <laughs> I've actually got my uh, weighted blanket because I'm just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm just sitting here hugging my weighted blanket because this is really traumatic. But I'm sure people listening probably ourselves. feel the same. Yeah, we need to get through it. We, we need to, to educate ourselves. We need to talk about it. The only way we're going to raise awareness is by talking about it. If that means me crying into my weighted blanket whilst doing so, then this is what we're going to do. Raise awareness. Okay, yeah. so what's what happened next? So, oh, this 4th is, of February, dark uh, now, the Guardian reports... Really dark. 
it's about to get dark, just to warn you. Uh, so on the 4th of February, The Guardian reports that Trent Reznor of the band Nine Inch Nails dismisses the depiction in Marilyn Manson's memoir as a fabrication. Do you want me to read it? I've got it here. So basically what happened is Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson used to know each other back in the day. But they've fallen out long, long time ago, well before Manson wrote his book, which was The Long Hard Road Out of Hell. And he told this traumatic story. And this, this is in the book, right? This has been bought by people. This has been read by people. This is sold as an ebook on all of your favorite downloads. You can get this on Kindle. Um, he said, what we did was we pulled a trick that I've become quite famous for. It's pouring a large glass of tequila for your adversary or your victim and then pouring a large glass of beer for yourself and pretending that yours is tequila also. You convince them to drink down their large <gasps> glass until they vomit and pass out and are left to be tormented. What the A similar fuck? trick had been done to me when what? I was young. So this is, this is first of all, Yikes. starting... Um, it's awful. By the way, side note, I went on a Tinder date once with a guy who went to the bar and instead of buying me vodkas and um vodkas and lemonade he was getting me triples you can taste the difference between yeah. Yeah. a double yeah, yeah. A single and a triple he was getting me triples oh wow and himself singles that's and disgusting anyway 12 shots of vodka in i'm still standing that guy was broken so the moral of that story is never drink with a yorkshire girl <laughs> anyway just trying to lighten the mood because this yeah. is about to get really fucking yeah. dark I, I quite like yeah I knew it was kind of yeah going in that direction I appreciated that thank you I, okay. haven't, I haven't read this book and I just I just know Reznor's response to it which he wasn't happy about it and he dismissed it completely but this is already dark yes. enough does no. it get darker wait he said, so the trick worked, as it always does. And Kelly and her friends were drunk and running around the lawn where Sharon Tate's friends had been murdered. Oh, so my that's, God. That's a Charles Manson murder, oh. just in case you don't know. Oh. They jumped in the pool and somehow I was convinced to join them. That's something I don't like to do because I don't know how to swim. So I was in this pool with this sea bass, I suppose you could call her. By smell, she was some sort of porpoise fish woman, and by sight, she looked like a water behemoth. Trying to create a sort of entertainment for everybody, I said, why don't we play Guess Who's Touching You? We'll put a blindfold on you and try and figure out whose hands are on you. So Trent and I take this sea bass, he keeps calling her a sea bass, back into his living room. The other girl had since passed out and was hopefully drowning in her vomit. Oh my god. Yeah, that's the kind of this is what we're dealing with. This was this is published, this has been written, this has been out there since two thousand and eight. Oh my god. We and he didn't have a problem with it then, did he? Pardon? So by he didn't this have a problem point, with it then. Trent, Trent Reznor had had said no to the, by this point and he completely denied it then. Um Oh, okay. We blindfolded the sea creature. No. I think we just wrapped a towel around her head, which also covered up her face and made us both feel better. Not that her body was any greater than her face. It was all terrible. I grow ashamed of myself right now as we speak of this. 
Uh, so one paragraph left. So we started squeezing her nipples and prodding around her genitals and what have you. We were laughing because we were both drunk, though not nearly as drunk as she was. In the background, a Ween album was playing. Push the little daisies and make them come up as me and the young Trent Reznor poked our fingers into the birth cavity of a bizarre fish lady in search of some sort of caviar. But what we ended up finding was a mysterious nodule. Maybe it was white fuzz or a piece of corn that she had on the outer region of her rectum. It horrified us and we looked at each other with disgust and shock. But we knew that we must continue with our debasement of this poor unsuspecting person so I found a cigarette lighter and I started to burn her pubic hair though it didn't hurt her it didn't help things smell any better than they already did unfortunately there isn't any real climax to this story other than I think that she wanted to cuddle with someone and we both ran what a dirty bastard sorry that's my own personal opinion uh, what a dirty bastard. But that was in the book. This is what I don't get. So let's go back to the quote. Do you remember earlier when I said to you, um, keep that quote in your mind when he responded to the Evan Rachel Wood? Um, and he said... Like-minded individuals. Consent. Yeah, yeah, or something. He said he's uh, he's always had consent from like-minded individuals. He said how blackout drunk she was. Yeah, he's literally there's no consent there. But what gets me is how can I? Oh, he's obviously sold loads of copies of this book to his fans. How can no one pick pick this up? It was two thousand and eight. Like, how can no one be making a noise about this? It's mad to me that I've not heard anything, you know, about this book or about anything like that. But, uh, surely there's got to be alarm bells there. Like I just don't get how there was no investigation. How he's openly admitted that he does this, and he has done this, and he the way he doesn't even he's not even saying it as if it's an issue. He's more pissed off that she apparently smells like fish or sea bass, whatever he says. That's his issue. That his issue not isn't that he's poking his fingers into her with someone else. He doesn't. He sees that as normal when he can write about it, and I just don't. Oh, it's just really disturbing to me. It's really, really disturbing. Do you know what scares me a little bit? It's that only a few years later did the Me Too movement really take off, and it's it's scary that you know, for what five, four years before people were doing this, and it was totally normal and fine. And if the Me Too movement hadn't taken off, this would still be happening more occur like more regularly. Sorry. Yeah. One of the things that um, stands out to me is so Manson's been quite open in the press. Marilyn Manson, in an interview with Spin, said um, that he made the mistake of trying to desperately grasp on and save a relationship. He said that, and this is in regards to Evan Rachel Wood, he said, every time I called her that day, I called 158 times. I took a razor blade and I cut myself on my face or my hands. I looked back and it was a really stupid thing to do. This was intentional. This was scarification. And this was like a tattoo. I wanted to show her the pain she put me through. And she said, he said that I want you to physically see what you've done. Now he put, he said that in an interview 
And it was Patricia Arquette, the actress, who spoke out and said Marilyn Manson cutting himself 158 times when he called Evan Rachel Wood after the breakup is not love, it's abuse at spin. Um, And it's amazing how little response she had, but how many people, like there's one guy who got in touch here, um, responded and said, self-abuse, darling, just saying, Evan was not a victim with Brian. That was 2018, the kind of things that people what? were saying back. That's what? literally mental abuse. He mm-hmm. is making her think that she has done something wrong, and obviously she hasn't, and he is physically harming himself, so it looks like he is the victim in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I've, do you know, I've been in those situations as well where men have been like, if you don't stay with me, I'm going to kill myself. And it's so, so mm. toxic. I don't know why men think they can do that. Not just men, women do it as well. Yeah. Um, and non-binary people do it as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so, yeah. like, people who do that, why? Why? You're not, you're not the victim. You're using your own mental health to hurt somebody else. That's so shitty. Holy fuck. So, yeah, so Patricia Arquette did this, uh, put this out there. And... It's unbelievable when you think about the fact that that tweet had 400, 504 likes. 103 retweets. Wait, really? That's hardly really? anything in... In Twitter world, The that's grand nothing. scheme of things. In Twitter world, that is nothing. That's 2018. So... so that- yeah. Oh, my God. That happened after the article in Spin. Um, And Trent Reznor also denied... Like, Trent Reznor's been quite open about how much he hates Manson. And I think he's spoken more about that lately. He's been saying, you know how much I hate him. Um, But yeah. What's next on our timeline? Pull the happy... Do you know what? Next week, let's do a happy episode. Let's just do an episode with just happy facts. Let's just, yeah, maybe yes. let's yes. just Google yes. the top 10 happy facts and read them on repeat for an hour and a half because uh, there's talk, maybe the puppy and noises. To sleep. My puppy, puppy is noises. asleep in my lap right now and I'm stroking his feet and I can feel his little toe beans and that is what is keeping me through this. <laughs> I have no one because I'm so alone, so I'm not doing great right now, <laughs> Okay. We are nearly done with this fucking Manson information. Jesus Christ. Right, what happened next? So the 5th of February, a lot happened. Uh, some more people came forward. <laughs> Dita Von Tees came forward. Sky News reports that Dita Von Tees, yep. uh, came forward in a now deleted post on Instagram to stand with victims saying, abuse of any kind has no place in any relationship. Now, Von Tees was married to Manson for over a year, but according to Sky News, the she claims those stories did not match her own experience and she left him due to infidelity and drug abuse. Why did she, I wonder why she deleted her post. Yeah. because people kept misconstruing it as her saying well my story doesn't match up with the others but I still support these people it's just I didn't have that experience just to give you my own personal takes people keep asking but a lot of people misconstrued that as well I didn't have that experience of Manson so he didn't do it even though she never said that wait a second people on the internet just misconstrued things and took them for their own interpretation oh, to fit their own narrative so that they could bully a person? Could you imagine? <laughs> How wild. 
God. I stuck up I stuck up with Tr- Chrissy Teigen the other day, um, which a lot of people call her Chrissy Teigen, but it's actually pronounced Teigen. Ah, but I stuck fact. up for her the other day on the internet because you see everyone was giving a shit because she spent a fortune on a bottle of um, oh a bottle of something and everyone was like oh, well, you're so rich yeah, she basically ordered a bottle of champagne um, or they ordered a bottle of wine or something and then when the bill came the bottle of wine that they'd given them they, the, the waiter hadn't warned them and it was a $10,000 bottle of wine <gasps> um, and so everyone was laying she was said it on, on Twitter as a funny story and everyone was laying into her and it's like she is rich. She is. I wonder what ten thousand pounds is. Ten thousand pounds bottle of wine tastes like. I bet my three pound forty two wine from Tesco tastes probably pretty similar. It does the same job. Ten thousand pounds. What is in it? Gold, actual diamonds at the bottom. I think it does taste amazing. Like I used to think that about Australian coffee. When you go to Australia and try their coffee, you're like, okay, fair play, fair play. This shit is different. I didn't even know there was a flavour like this. Wow. Really? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I imagine it'd have less of a the ick to it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you don't taste it in the morning and throw up that kind of ick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine it doesn't give you as much of a hangover either. Imagine <sighs> that wine that doesn't give you. It better not give me a hangover for ten thousand pounds. If I'm paying ten grand for a bottle of wine, it better make me feel bloody brilliant the next day. I want it to raise my kids and have a family with me. <laughs> yeah. Back <to> anyway. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! So Dita has had to delete her post. I mean, I think that's a bit. Sh- it's a bit shitty that that the internet people made her do that. But yay, internet people suck. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else was there? There's Love Bailey. So um, NME reported that Manson's former stylist, Love Bailey, claims he pulled a gun on her. The article shows a video she posted on Instagram where she explains that she'd gone to Manson's house to style him for a photo shoot with an unnamed actress back in 2011. She says in the video, uh, and I looked over and she was blackout wasted. I don't know if it was from the pills. She was not coherent at all. So I ran over to help her. And as I'm holding her and trying to get balance with her, Manson pulls a gun to my head. A big Glock, a metal Glock, not a toy gun. This is a real gun. The article then explains that Bailey is a trans woman. And in the video, she claims that he said, I don't like the F slurs and laughed at her as he pointed the gun. Uh, wow. So what? Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then <sighs> he allegedly pulled a gun on her and it wasn't even in some kind of like sexual situation. She was trying to help somebody else allegedly. Um and he pulled a gun on her. A gun wow. on her. God I love America. No, we've got a lot of Americans listening. But like trust me, that story would just read differently as well if it was in the UK. Yeah. Mm. Mhm. Pulled a dessert spoon on her. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do in the UK? You're not even allowed to carry pepper spray over here. Um, you get ID'd for a fucking energy drink. It's ridiculous. Although a guy got arrested outside my building the other day with a machete. What? <gasps> God, I love living in the poor area of London. Um, I don't know why I'm making everything into a song. It's because I'm so fucking depressed it's right now. It's because, yeah, we'll just joke about anything right now because we're just trying to... Yeah, see some light. Let's get more depressed. Uh, so <sighs> I'm going to tell you some more stuff. That This has all happened on February the 5th. So Sharon Osbourne, enemy reported also on February 5th that Sharon Osbourne uh, came forward to discuss her working relationship with Manson. She says Manson previous... Oh, uh, no, enemy report, sorry, that Manson previously enjoyed a close friendship with the Osbournes and was originally set to join him, I'm assuming that's Ozzy Osbourne, uh, as part of the latter's 2020 North American tour. Speaking on the talk days... The talk days... 
after Manson's faced accusations from actor Evan Rachel Wood and four other women, Osborne opened up about knowing the singer for 25 years. I've worked with him for many, many years, and obviously I would not know what goes on in his bedroom. Neither do I want to. But as far as people who've been going on all my socials, calling me names and things and putting pictures of me and Marilyn, you know, there's something called a working relationship, and that's what I've had with Manson for years. I know nothing about his sexual preferences or the way he treats women. I know how he treats an older woman, which is me, and he's always been respectful. Wow, okay. Interesting. Do you know what, though? I do think that's fair because, like, when you listen to some of the people who were around Lost Profits back in the day, like, some people just don't know. These guys, the thing is, with people like this who, um, people, I'm not saying about Manson, people, I'm not saying Manson is a narcissist, but <laughs> people who are narcissists are very, very charming. Yeah. And they know mm-hmm. when they're very They know what clever. they're doing. Really, they know yeah, when really to clever. be charming and when mm-hmm. they can get away with things. And they, they can read people better than the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right, so... Uh... <laughs> I'm just going to just put this... I'm putting my um, weighted blanket just around my head. Yeah, we're almost at the end, don't worry. So um, February 5th as well, uh, Otep Shamaya, I think that is. I probably butchered mm-hmm. that. I really do apologise. Uh, and Phoebe Bridges also spoke out about their instances with Marilyn Manson. Both were very unsettling. Uh, same with Wolf Alice, uh, the singer of Wolf Alice. She spoke out on the 8th of February where she accused him of upskirting her uh, in wow. a series of tweets where he basically, if you don't know what upskirting is, it's where you take a picture of someone up their skirt so you can yeah. see their genitalia. I've had that. It's not ideal. Um, and then on the 6th of February, Marilyn Manson was reportedly dropped by his longtime manager following abuse allegations as NME reports. So more, so, more women have come out and wait he's got a dropped second. by everybody. Wait, 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 wait. This, we've just got to the root. We've just found the root. Okay, so let's go all the way back. Evan Rachel Wood posts on the 1st of February. Um, and then you go forward, you've got uh, Manson's statements, you've got all this stuff happening, Rose McGowan speaking out, you've got um, the FBI getting involved, Dita Von Teese, Love Bailey, all of these allegations. On the, the on the 6th of February, the manager drops him. Why didn't you do that years ago? Why didn't you do that years ago? You read the book. You mm. read the book. The book was out there. If anyone read that book, it was the manager. In fact, the manager didn't even read the book. The manager will have approved the book in some shape or form, yeah. I'm assuming, and I'm not 100% sure. With so several people. Me. Several people would have gone through that book before well, it was yes. published. Several people. Not even that. So this article says, uh, and it's by NME, uh, his manager began re- representing Manson, real name Brian Warner, in 1996. So this person has been there from the very beginning. And you're telling me you haven't heard anything or seen anything. Every exactly. tour, man. Every tour is doing something, getting into fights, doing random shit. You're telling me that this person isn't fucking unhinged. Like, you not no alarm bells rang ever. Like, well, he attacked his own guitarist on stage, for Christ's sake. Like, is that not, nothing ringing any bells with this person? It's just so concerning. So that's it. Is that it for Manson? Is that all of our up-to-date um, so far? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank the God for that. <laughs> Fuck for that. Fucking, let's just, right. To be honest, I oh. hated him anyway, because um, he looks like, you know when you watch a reality show 
and you watch the season one and they all look kind of normal and then they you see like a catch-up it looks like he belongs all. in Geordie Shore. Like, he yeah, looks like, like he belongs in Geordie Shore. So when they have the catch-up and they've had all of the fillers from yeah. some cheap back back alley um, surgeon, yeah. that's what he looks like. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's, he's past it. He was he was past it when he was in it, but he was just... Yeah. It was awkward. It was awkward him turning up at Travis Scott's festival and trying to be, like, the cool guy... And he was just a granddad that was awkward and didn't belong there. Go home, granddad. Go yeah. home with your fillers. Yeah. Go to bed, hun. Fucking hell. And he Have wears... a day off, babe. Yeah. Oh, are you telling me with all that money you couldn't get a decent makeup artist? <laughs> it is crusty as fuck, though, isn't it? It's makeup now. Like, you see like you see it all crusty and... It's pores, man. It's bad. It's bad. I, uh, I've seen Beyonce I... up close. I know what money can do to a person's skin. Mm-hmm. I feel actually drained and traumatised. I'm not going to lie, guys. Yeah. So, words of wisdom. Oh, I can't. There's no wisdom in this brain. Have a fucking nap is my words of wisdom. Just go to bed after it. Have a, a, do some breathing exercises and go to bed. Call out the dickheads when you see him. Yeah. Cuddle Mm. your puppy tight. Yeah. I don't even know what my words of wisdom would be. Maybe, um... Have realistic expectations with cancelled concert. Can you know cancelled culture can be good. Cancelled culture is beneficial. Me too. Mo- the Me Too movement was essentially cancelled culture, but don't make assumptions online about things you don't know. Always stay educated and informed about everything when you can, if you can. Try don't speak out of your ass and let other people speak if they know better. Like if somebody yeah. who's had years of experience in the industry says, actually, I think this just from my years of experience. As long as they're not being a dickhead maybe consider their opinion so just to end um we've got two parts the first part was um tamana i asked her if there's going to be a part two on the series that she did um we are doing a part two actually oh wow okay or we hope to do a part two (laughs) um the details i will have to keep secret for now (laughs) understandable that's understandable um but, but you know, we want to take it further. I said at the end of the film that I feel like we've only just scratched the surface. And I do genuinely feel that. And a lot of, again, a lot of women that have contacted me, men too, um, who've dropped me DMs or sent me emails, have said, listen, you've only just scratched the surface. There's so much more. And, and I genuinely think that that is the case. And funnily enough, a lot of people who have just watched it and have no connection to the music industry, they also said, oh my God, I'm really glad that you said that you're going to dig into it further because it feels like there's so much more. So keep watching out for part two of that because I would definitely love to see it. I want to see a Me Too happen yeah. across across music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see everyone getting called out. And do you definitely. know what? We'll have no one left. <laughs> we'll have yeah, no we'll one have, left. Yeah, no. no one left. <laughs> no, no one left. <laughs> so if, you're, if, if that happens, better start getting into um, country music right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's any better in country, to be honest. No, I, I've no, it's not. It's really not. It's really not. I don't think not. there's any industry where it's better. Um, I also said uh, a big thank you to Merlin, who's the editor of Metal Hammer, and he had quite a few thank yous he wanted to say. I should say as well, though, that um, I, you know, I, I can only take so much credit for all this stuff because I do have an amazing team behind me. Um, people like Eleanor Goodman, my deputy editor, who was the person that, in fact, first found the original um, story about Evan Rachel Woods. 
uh, to start with that kind of led to our coverage of it um, last year in the first place. Uh, people like Bryony on um, uh, on Louder as well. Uh, I'm very lucky to have a great team behind me who um, enable us to hopefully be part of a positive change that needs to happen across the whole industry. You've got some podcasts as well that you do because you're you don't like free time. You like to stay busy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we do have the Metal Hammer podcast. We've been we've been on and off, but we've been back at, back at it for uh, got two or three years now. We've been back at doing the podcast, so you can find us on there. Um, uh, so yeah, we do podcasts. We have a monthly magazine. We're on the website. Um, your co-presenter Yasmin is one of our excellent writers for Metal Hammer as well. So yeah, you can you can find us. Just Google Metal Hammer. You know how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. No um, worries. Thanks a lot. So there we go. So that do you know what that. The reason I played that is because normally I wouldn't play, you know, thank yous and all of that. But I think it was just really good to hear the amount of people that Merlin was listing then. And it just shows the new school generation of rock and metal and how times are changing. It's exciting. And that, was, that was all the uh, women and non-binary people he mentioned, or mostly, I think, which is great. Like Bryony and Eleanor, who are amazing forces at Metal yeah. Hammer and Louder absolute legends so yeah how exciting is that exactly so yes so change is coming change is happening um alex looks absolutely traumatized you're literally <laughs> i'm rocking back you're rocking forth. in your blanket she's covered in a blanket yeah <laughs> rocking back and forth you can see the dark circles under my eyes i'm just i've not had much sleep guys and this has really sent me over the edge to be quite it was honest. a lot it was a lot but next week, we're going to do an episode which is all on happiness and bringing happiness into your life. Please, I'm going to need Yay. it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that's it. That's it. I'll press stop. Woo. Oh, fuck me in the arse. That was fucking traumatic, wasn't it? You were listening to On Wednesdays We Wear Black. Please like, rate and subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do. Special thanks goes out to the Heavy Network, the Nova Twins for the badass music, and Wargasm for the killer screams. See you next week.